presented by Millie Package. Welcome in to Division Two Sports Radio. Joining me today is UFC fighter, the guitar hero, Justin James. Justin, welcome on to Division Two Sports Radio, my friend. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Glad to be here. So, Justin, you made headlines by believing in your talents and betting your fight check on yourself as a plus-140 underdog at UFC Fight Night against Charles Rosa on June 26th. Talk me through the fight and what made you place that bet. You know, honestly, uh, well, I got plus-165, so, you know, I might, I might have <laughs> a better line than you. Uh, but honestly, man, I just uh, it was the first – it was my first uh, full camp uh for going into the ufc you know out of my four other fights uh the longest prep time i've been given is uh three weeks when i fought gavin tucker and there really wasn't a fight camp that was more of just three weeks of trying to lose 30 pounds um it was a, it was a terrible weight cut and it was a terrible performance um uh, just because after two minutes i was so exhausted uh going to charles rose man you know i just uh I thought I was going to be the bigger, stronger man. I, you know, I, I knew that uh, I had the edge in striking. Um, I thought he might have a little submission edge um, on the ground, um, you know. And uh, I just, I, I just really believed in myself. I believed in my camp, believed in my coaches, I believed in my preparation. And uh, you know, the stars to me, I thought were lined up perfect, man. And uh, cost me uh, nearly twenty-five grand at the end of the day. Obviously, you know, whenever you lose fights, there's there's going to be people that hate. And uh, after your fight, you fell victim to this. One thing that really pissed me off personally is I saw some people trying to say that this was a publicity stunt by placing a bet on yourself. How have you dealt with that negative criticism? And what would you say to the haters? You know, it's, it's so funny because that's, that's when, I, when, I, when I went on Overtime Heroic and uh, I mentioned, I believe, and, and, and don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that's the only podcast that I even mentioned it on. Now, I understand why people would say, I, you know, I, I didn't expect you to get any publicity for this. I just was basically telling the guy at Overtime Road, like, this is how much I believe in myself. You know, I wasn't, wasn't trying to go mainstream with or anything. I didn't post anything about it on my Instagram or anything. Uh, you know, and then when ESPN caught wind of it, you know, things obviously blow up. ESPN, one of the biggest sport platforms in the world, if not the biggest sport platform in the world. So, obviously, when ESPN got caught of it, you know, I got a lot of uh, – I got, I got a lot of publicity, but originally that wasn't the intention. And, I, and again, I didn't think I was going to get it. Um, you know what? And all those people that, you know, that had say, hey, look, go fuck yourself, man. Like, seriously, like, you're going out of your day to look me up on social, a social media platform to send me a message telling me that I owe you money or it was a scam or I'm lying to you. Go fuck yourself, man. Like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how, how petty some of these people are, man. And, you know what? Some of them are like, oh, I lost $500. That's cute. You know, if, and if you can't afford to lose whatever you bet, you know, you're, you need to grow up because I just lost over 20 grand and I'm still living like a king. Oh, yeah, man. That's a hell of a mentality right there. And to be quite honest with you, I felt that the first round was yours. And I think that with the way you finished the third round, that you did enough to get your hand raised. So you kind of chose to take the fight to the ground rather than utilizing your stand-up game there at the end in that third round, and you, you attempted a side choke. Would you go back and kind of change that now looking back on the fight, or do you, do you still, you know, have, have no regrets in regards to the way the fight went? I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, in, uh, you know look at, looking back, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. I didn't realize how rocky was, and uh, – you know, it's, it's, 
man, it's it, it, it's a big time bummer, um, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, but again, you know, when I cracked him in the third round, I, I was pretty tired already, man. We had been fighting, you know, going on 15 minutes at that point. I knew I needed a finish. Um, I, I mean, I was hitting him hard. He was going backwards. But again, I didn't realize how stunned or how rocked he was. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's unfortunate. You know, I thought if I took him down, I was going to be able to finish him. Um, I was, I was, you know, I was wrong. And that's just the way it is, man. I mean, of course I regret it. But at that moment, you know, when he's rocked, again, fatigue was set in. I was getting tired. and I didn't have the same pop of my punches. So, I mean, I can sit back here and say that, oh, I regret it. But in the, in the in the same sense, you know, it's, you know, fuck. I mean, I, I don't recall how I feel, you know, and, uh, man, it, it's it's a fucking, it, it's it's a it's a weird thing, dude. I, I, I don't know, man. I, you know, I can say, like I said, again, hindsight, yes, of course I regret it. But, man, if, if I, again, I can't talk, I don't, I don't remember how I felt. I just remember I was really tired. And after I squeezed that side choke, uh, you know, fatigue was really setting in at that point. You know, it is what it is, man. Completely understand where you were at going to the ground. And I'm sure that you could hear him getting tired and eventually kind of just hoping that he would gas out. So I understand why you made that maneuver. But I went back and watched the fight following the fight night event. And there's no way in hell that your fight with Rosa was a 30 to 27. So what are your thoughts on the judging of the sport and specifically that fight? You know, when I heard 30, 27, I just about threw up, you know, I thought, I, you know, I mean, I, honestly, it was, it was disgusting, you know, and, uh, you know, that judge bird, uh, I can't, I, I, it's like a dill bird or whatever, whatever her name is, you know, I mean, she's known from my understanding, she's known for her terrible calls. Uh, I believe that she scored Canelo and Mayweather, like Canelo eight rounds to two as the winner. And wow. uh, she's gotten a lot of flack on that. But I would just like, like, we're talking about a woman that's probably never done any contact sports before. She's going to come on the biggest stage and, and, and dictate who wins and loses. 30-27, I hit that guy so hard in the first round. Uh, you know, I, I mean, his head was going to spin off his shoulders. I mean, he, I mean, I had no damage. I mean, yeah, he took me down with literally 10 seconds left. He held position for about, I don't know what, five seconds. And then I reversed him. Uh, he threw some push kicks while I was on the ground, you know, and, and, and uh, I kind of stopped for a second. I remember why I stopped when he, when he kicked off me, his foot glanced off my head and uh, Mike Beltran said something and I don't remember what he said, but I stopped. Like when I heard the referee say something, I kind of just stopped moving. I wasn't hurt or anything. I just stopped because I thought the referee was going to, uh, was going to stop the situation. Long story short, I thought I won the first, um, going into the third. I, I knew, I don't like, I don't ever like to leave in the judges scorecards. Uh, I wanted to finish. I wanted to finish Rosa. I wanted to show my ability again. And, uh, you know, that could have been, that could have been another thing. You know, Rosa is a super tough grappler. And I thought that, you know, I thought he was tired. I thought he was rocked. I knew I was getting tired. So, you know, another thought is, yeah, hey, fuck, if I take this guy down and sub him, how, how great would that be? Somebody, you know, these people around you will start respecting my grappling. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I, you know, Rosa's super tough and uh, I fell short with the choke. And it is what it is. But that, that judge, um, not just because of my fight, because, you know, let's talk. My fight's over and done with. I, I already lost. I, you know, I lost. I can go. I, I'm, I'm not one to appeal. I'm not going to throw a fit about it. I accept the outcome. It is what it is. 
But that judge doesn't need to be judging fights anymore. She doesn't need to be putting people in the position I'm in right now. 30-27? I'm telling you, I came out of the fight unscathed. I think I had a little bit of a bloody nose. Like, I, when I hit this dude, I cracked him, man. When I, when I kicked him in the leg, he spun almost all the way around. Like, where, where are you judging this fight? You know, I get the second round. We were in a weird position. I mean, he wasn't doing any damage, but, I mean, I, I, I can see it, I guess. But, again, this, 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 this judge is notorious for these bad calls, and, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate the Athletic Commission hasn't fired her. And, you know, again, it's not about me anymore going forward with this because I can throw a fit about it. I could email her and be an asshole about it, but that's not going to get me anywhere. I'm talking about fighters coming up, fighters going forward. You know, that, fuck, man, it's, like, she, she's, I mean, she, she could ruin people's career. I mean, she could ruin my career, you know what I mean? And if it would if it would have been in my in my favor, thirty twenty seven, I would have thought she was on crack as well. I thought I won the first round. I thought I won the third round, and and and, and that's all there is to it. But again, thirty twenty seven is ass nine, and and the and that judge really needs to be evaluated on uh, what she considers winning and losing a fight. There have been many other fighters that have clamored for better judging and explanations on how fights are even judged, because ultimately you see the number and you get the score and it's kind of just like, well, what the hell? I don't understand this, but I'm not a, I'm not a UFC judge by any means. But like I said, I did go back and watch the fight and there's no way in hell that that was 30 to 27. But one fight that wasn't 30 to 27 was your debut where you earned performance of the night against Frank Camacho. What was that experience like? And did you get a $50,000 bonus for that fight? Yeah, I did. Uh, it was, it was a very incredible experience. It's arguably the best moment of my life, you know, all the hard, hard, long years and hard work paid off, you know, all within, uh, uh, you know, all within 41 seconds, really. But, you know, I don't want my career to be just, uh, you know, orbited around that one moment. You know, I, uh, you know, I can compete with the best in the world. And, uh, you know, now that I feel that I'm comfortable with featherweight and I found out or I figured out the correct way to get down there and to do it right. Um, I think going forward, uh, I think the UFC is going to give me another chance. And I think going forward, um, I'm going to be getting better with every fight. You know, like I said, unfortunately, yeah, that was my fifth fight in the UFC, and I've fallen, I've fallen four down. But, I mean, I haven't had any time to prepare for these world-class opponents. You know, uh, Gavin Tucker, he's in the top 15 or the top 20 in the UFC. I had three weeks to prepare. And my whole preparation is just me dieting. It's just me cutting weight. I can't practice my craft. I can't, I can't get in there and try to get better. You know, I really felt with this camp, I got a lot better. Um, I, I, you know, hats off to Charles, you know, he, he beat the best version of me in the history of my career. And that's great. But moving forward, I, you know, I, I plan to get better and, you know, I, I plan to plan to have full fight camps now. So again, I, I can uh, have gas tank to go three rounds or five rounds and, uh, you know, have the power at the end of the day. So again, I think this was a great, um, I mean, the, the, the loss is a bummer to say the least, but again, UFC, you know, that was my fifth shot, and it's, I, I, you know, honestly, I considered it my UFC debut going into it, um, just because, again, um, that, I mean, that's the first and only time I've had a full prep. Right, and the man that wrote you the $50,000 check, UFC President Dana White, he's a gambler himself, so I want to ask you, did Dana White have any words of encouragement knowing that you placed that bet on yourself? Uh, no, you know, I haven't talked to him, um, you know, and, and, and it wasn't about catching his attention or anybody's attention. I did this for myself. You know, I feel that a lot of my career, you know, I've based around, you know, people that have been there along for the ride and I was doing this for them. And, 
you know, I was training my ass off because I wanted all these people to be proud of me. You know what? But at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to win, uh, land the accountability pillow. And at the end of the day, you know, I need to be doing this for myself and, uh, I need to take a new approach and, you know, approach it like that just a little bit more. And, you know, as, as we go forward again, you know, this is going to be more self-orientated and, uh, you know, uh, back to your question though. No, Dana hasn't reached out to me and, uh, I hope he can appreciate, you know, the self-belief and everything. And, you know, here's another thing I, I, I haven't said on podcasts, but I've wanted to is, you know, I got a lot of people saying on like UFC that, oh, he did this because he's not getting paid enough. Let me get this. I, I just, I'm going to be frank here. Like I'm very, very happy with how I'm paid with the UFC. I'm very, very content with it. I think I get paid great uh, considering the position I'm in. And I think a lot of people get paid great as well, but I think greed's coming into a factor. Uh, my bet had nothing to do with the amount of money I was paid or, oh, I need to double this up so I make 50 instead of, you know, 40. Like, that had nothing to do with it. I'm, I'm very content with how I'm paid. I'm very content with how Jason House, my management team, have arranged my uh, uh, my contracts. Um, I'm just excited to get back in. Uh, get back in. I'm in Michigan right now spending time with family. I get back to training next week, and we'll see what comes down the, down the pipe. Where do you currently stand in your contract? Was that the last fight on your deal at the moment? No, I, I just, when I fought Devontae Smith, uh, they gave me a new deal. Uh, so that was my second of four. Bruce Buffer, from what I understand, introduced you as the Guitar Hero, which is now your name that's kind of stuck by you. How did you get that name? And what was it like hearing Buffer kind of introduce you as that name? And, uh, you know, talk me through just how exciting it is to hear a guy like Buff introduce people. Oh man, it, dude, it was a, it was a surreal experience, you know, going back to, you know, Wednesday night, me and my girlfriend are, were heading out to go eat some Thai food and Jason called Jason house, my manager called me and usually he just texts me. So like my heart kind of sank into my stomach and I answered it just like, hello. And he's like, all right, Hey, can you make weight, you know, Friday? And I thought to myself, I was like, all right, well, I have all day Thursday to make, to, to get down to 155. I was like 170, 175. And, uh, I said, yes. And, uh, so, you know, going through, I was like, all right, I'll cut weight all day Thursday. Well, I didn't have any medicals. So my whole day Thursday, starting at 10 AM to about 8 PM was all doctor's appointments. So now I'm starting to panic. So, you know, uh, to, to make a long story short, you know, everything was happening so fast. I never really could grasp, uh, you know, what was going on, you know, it was just so fast. So when I got in the cage and I'm looking across at Frank and he's looking all pumped up and he's you know, you know, stretching out, I'm trying to keep my focus and I'm just trying to, you know, trying to grasp what is happening. And I, and I'm super nervous. Obviously Frank Camacho is a legend of the sport. I was a fan of Frank before I was in the UFC. I'm looking at him and all of a sudden I hear the guitar hero. And I was, and it, and it just was a complete curveball because they even asked me before I walked out, they said, do you have a nickname when I come by? And I said, no, I don't. And, uh, you know, I have went by the guitar hero since like 2011, you know, it was, a it was a goofy college, uh, a goofy college thing. One of my roommates, well, uh, dared me to do it. You know, I was kind of a boring fighter. So I was always doing these silly things, walking to the cage with different props and trying to put on a show for the fans. Because again, I was a boring wrestler. Uh, and then, you know, when he called me guitar, Hero, it totally threw a loop in me and I was like, holy shit, like what the fuck? And then I, I remember <laughs> after the point, like, was this a dream? Like, why is Bruce Buffer announcing the guitar hero? So, you know, like, I mean, over oh, fuck, man. I, it probably was a, a month later. Every day, I'd, or until at least I got the stitches out, I'd I'd wake up immediately. I'd put my hand on my forehead to make sure I still had stitches in my forehead to make sure I wasn't living a dream. Because again, 
everything happened so fast and so sudden the fight happened so fast and i remember it so vividly and so well and i remember everything that was going through my head because it was so it was such a short period of time um that i was able to do that and uh, man it was man the guitar hero man he, he's alive and well dude and don't think this lost charles rosa the guitar hero will ride again the Guitar Hero is a badass nickname. Very, very funny also that it came from college and that Bruce Buffer, the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Not that Michael Buffer is not special in his own right, but Bruce is the man. There's nothing like that. It's time for a main event or for a pay-per-view. And I can't wait for UFC 264. And I want to shift gears here with you. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, the lines for the fight. Because as we mentioned earlier, you're not scared to place a pretty big bet. And from what I understand Correct. also is uh, you like to do a little fight betting yourself. So what's the biggest bet that you've hit when it comes to UFC fighting? Well, the biggest bet I hit uh, wasn't actually in the UFC for fighting. Um, I did. It was actually recently. I think it was only a couple hundred dollars at a parlay uh, between – fuck. So William Hill. Um, I did a parlay between Bubba Jenkins to win, uh, Clay Collard to win, and two others. It was a four-teamer. Uh, Clay Collard trained at Extreme Couture. He was fighting Anthony Pettis. And uh, I'm like, man, Clay Clay's wrestling and grappling isn't great, but I know he's been doing a lot of professional boxing. When he comes into the gym at Extreme, like, he's banging on dudes. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like, Anthony's towards the end of his career. He's not going to try to take Clay down. He's going to try to stand with him. He's a flashy guy. I think Clay knocks him out. And sure as shit, he didn't knock him out, but he almost did in the second. Yeah. And uh, he won that. And then Bubba Jenkins, I mean, a little known fact, you know, he wrestled uh, uh, Lance Palmer like a bunch of times in in college. And I don't think Lance ever beat him. Now, we're talking about two guys that are over plus 400, I believe. I think, man, I think Clay was like plus 450. I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was like Clay was like plus, you know, 450 and Bubba was like plus 350 or something ridiculous. And I was like, all in, man. Let's go. I put I put a couple hundred bucks on that and ended up like cashing out like five grand. So you took a little underdog bet there. So Connor McGregor is an underdog for one of the few times in his career against Dustin Poirier. I believe he was minus three fifty or something along the lines of that for the previous fight that they had and the second fight, of course. Connor posted a cryptic voice message to his opponent on Twitter, referring to him as P head and also calling him a silly hillbilly. It appears Connor's back to his old ways. So how do you see this fight going? You know, I think Connor looks great. Um, I saw a picture of him today. I think that uh, he's put on a little bit of muscle mass, you know, going up to being a lightweight and stuff. He looks fantastic. But here's the thing. I, I You know, I heard somebody say, and I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was uh, one of the Diaz brothers. But, and, you know, Connor doesn't like being in there. Connor, Connor likes knocking guys out quick and the quicker he can get in the quicker he can get out the better he feels and, and and i understand that feeling too it's not a criticism i just feel that's how it is so with that being said the longer the fight goes i think it, it kind of starts flipping towards poirier now i do believe connor will possess the power to come out he's going to come out really strong in the first i believe and uh, he's going to try and put poirier away right away um, if it gets into the second, I think it's going to start flipping. I think he's going to start slowing down. I think Poirier might even take him down, just try and gas him out a little bit. If it goes into the third, uh, Connor has no chance. And from there on out, uh, he's going to be gassed and, and Poirier is going to finish it. 
we saw in the second fight that, you know, Poirier was able to take Connor down. He took him down in the first. Connor was able to get back up to his feet. And we saw a little exchange of some shoulder strikes there that Connor performed against Donald Cerrone back in January of the previous year. So I'm interested to know what makes Dustin Poirier so underappreciated to casual fight fans? Do you think it's just because Connor McGregor brings such a name to the table that everyone knows who he is or why is Poirier not getting the love from the national media this week? Because he's he's uh, off camera. I mean, in, during, in camera, excluding us, I think all his fights are very exciting. But he's not, you know, and again, this is no offense to you. I'm sure he's a nice guy, and I know he has the Good Fight Foundation. And, and, and I know and this is no criticism of his, him as, as a person or a fighter. I think he's a great fighter. I think he's underrated. He's underappreciated. For the simple fact that he doesn't he doesn't have a persona he doesn't have you know all the all these personas all these fighters have you know uh you know conor mcgregor uh has a great you know unbeatable persona look at colby covington listen colby covington wasn't like that at the beginning of his career colby covington didn't talk all that shit from my understanding and i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure i'm right is that Colby was on the on the verge of being cut at one point until he discovered this new persona, this fake persona where he's belligerent, he's loud, he's obnoxious. You know, and, and Poirier doesn't have that. He does all his talking with his fists. I guarantee if Poirier started chirping and started calling, like, Connor, look at Connor. Oh, I'm going to knock him out within two. And then he'd go knock him out within two. Like, that, that's incredible shit. I mean, that's very, very lucky, of course, because you never can really truly know what's going to happen. But you know that that's it's it's incredible. And Poirier just goes in there and fights. He doesn't really talk shit. Um, he doesn't he doesn't get over emotional. He doesn't and 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 also in his fights he doesn't. I mean he he, he knocks guys out. But you know he doesn't like you look at Pettis who's always going to jump off the cage and he's going to do crazy stuff. Poirier is just a solid solid fighter. He takes very basic techniques. He is very you know and when I say basic I don't mean elementary. I mean he's just taking. You know, great, you know, he has a great, he's southpaw, he has great leg kicks, he has a great cross, he has a great hook, he has great endurance, but none of it is like, oh my God, like he doesn't have that one Anthony Johnson one-shot power, you know what I mean? So, you know, uh, again, I think he's incredible. I think he's way underrated just because of his, uh, his calm uh, persona, to be honest. It's funny you mentioned Colby Covington because he is a name that comes to mind. He's gotten involved in this little bit of beef that they've had on Twitter here over the past few days, posting a training video of Poirier beating up on one of the, one of these amateurs and, and, and a sparring opportunity there for Dustin. So Colby, I do remember he was almost cut by the promotion, and I believe it was Daniel Cormier that kind of challenged him to step out of his zone a little bit and to become that, you know, that – crazy guy that he's become the shit talker with all the antics and whatnot and we've seen him and Usman duke it out in one of the most impressive fights that I've ever seen I'd love to see them step back into the octagon and I heard Dana White today say that's the fight to make at 170 so hopefully we see that fight happen but if you were to make a pick on this fight you did say that you expect you know if Dustin's able to get out of the first round Connor's in trouble so are you kind of leaning towards Dustin in the uh, in the third fight you know what? Let me look at the line right now. Hold on. I'll tell you exactly who I, who I, or what I think is going to happen. Give me, give me 30 seconds to pull this up I real see, quick. I see according to BetMGM, it's minus 125 oh, for Dustin, minus 103 for Connor. So it's almost a pick em. What's the round over right now is what I'm more concerned about. So, uh, Dustin, okay, we have over one and a half. 
Ooh, I like the over on one and a half. So I would take, man, I what I'm going to bet is I'm going to do a parlay. I'm taking Dustin Poirier at minus 135 and the over at minus 200. That's and the that's, bet right there. And I think that's the bet. Um, uh, yeah, so if you do a two-leg parlay, you got Dustin Poirier minus 135. You have the over, and the over is only at one and a half. Now, if they put it at two and a half, uh, I might take the under. I think it's going to be a high-paced fight, and I think uh, after the first round, Poirier is going to finish. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Uh, Poirier is minus 135. Over one and a half is minus 200. Parlay them both together. Your odds are going to become 161, and I think that's the bet to take. If it's anything like the first fight, it would make a little bit of sense to go that way. It'll be interesting if Poirier goes back to the leg kicks, of course. He absolutely – I mean, dominated when it came to the calf kicks. McGregor didn't have any stability and obviously was TKO'd there in the second round. So I do want to shift to the co-main because the casual fan wouldn't be nearly as excited about this fight, but I'm ecstatic for Gilbert Burns and Steven Thompson. I think it's going to be an absolute war. And if Steven Thompson wins, it would be hard for UFC president Dana White and Sean Shelby to not give Wonderboy another title shot. Burns knocked Usman down in that fight earlier this year and showed some serious potential, dominated Tyron Woodley. Are you surprised to see Burns as an underdog in this fight at all? You know, I like Burns in this fight a lot. You know, I don't know about, uh, you know, Thompson's grappling so much. And and being a prior training partner, Burns, you know, it was a long, long time ago, but we're talking about a killer on the ground. Um, I think it's easy. I, I'm no, no, let me don't take, let me take that back. I don't think it's easy money for Burns, <laughs> but I don't think that uh, he should be a, a, dog, a big dog in this fight. I think the line should be a little more even, if not Burns being the slight favorite. Yes, he did just lose in dramatic fashion, but with that being said, Karma, Karma's wrestling is a lot better than uh, uh, Thompson's. So I think if Gilbert gets to the ground, he can finish. Um, I would take the over at minus 135. Gilbert Burns in the over, over two and a half. I like it. I like it a lot there. I think Burns is obviously going to have the advantage on the ground. It'll just be interesting to see if Wonderboy steps up that takedown defense. You got to look at his, the pressure, too. You know, you look at Tyrone and, and Thompson, you can be like, oh, well, they went to the decision twice and Gilbert smashed Tyrone. With that being said, those were two of the most boring fights I've ever watched in my whole life. It was like watching paint dry. You know, Thompson is going to try to, you know, if Burns tries to put pressure on Thompson, he's going to he's going to counterfight him, and you know, he could he could find a he could find a good knockout there. Now, if Burns puts him against the fence and grinds on him, he might gas himself out. So, I'm still going to take the over though. So let's talk a little Sean O'Malley here because Sean O'Malley's a little bit of a controversial guy here when it comes to the UFC. Some fans hate him. Some fans love him. It's honestly a little reminiscent of Conor McGregor. Do you know anything about Chris Moutinho, who will be making his UFC debut? And do you think that, you know, the UFC is kind of spoon-feeding Sean O'Malley, but at the same time, do you think he's kind of getting an easy way to stardom? Man, I... uh... I sure hope that I don't get in trouble for saying this, but absolutely. <laughs> man. I've done, I don't know. I applied for that fight. Uh, Cody Stamen applied for that fight. Uh, there was a bunch of guys on Twitter. I was like, Hey, look, like I'm still, I'm in shape. Like let's do 145. You know what I'm saying? Easy money denied. Cody Stamen, another 135 pound killer denied. There was at least two other guys that's on Twitter denied. This Chris Motino, whoever, whatever. I'm looking at his name right now plus 550 
I mean, I'll take. Oh man, it's like I don't. I mean, Sean's a great fighter, man, and he has the he has the has the, the rainbow hair. And, you know, he has the look that you know because when here's the thing: when you see me, if you see me in a crowd, I look like every other bald white guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sean O'Malley has has you know the color in his hair and he has the tattoo so he's very distinguished and he has a good personality as a fighter too but i think that i mean i think he has a lot of potential i don't think he's very good yet and when i say i don't think he's very good i i'm not saying as a fighter i mean from a champion standpoint uh, I don't think he's champion material yet so i do think the ufc is trying to get a name around him they need him to they need him to win uh, if he loses this, his career's over. This is, it's it, it's uh, it's disgusting how how he needs to win this fight uh, to keep the momentum going. But yeah, I do think he's got a, a little bit uh, of an easy route. Um, this this is this was a strange matchup. You know, a, a UFC debuter against Sean O'Malley. It's like the co-co-main event. Like, can you imagine getting called? Hey, you want to fight Sean O'Malley in the Coco main event this week for UFC 264, headlined by Conor McGregor? Like <laughs> what? What? That's 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 stuff that dreams are made of. And this Chris dude, you know, I I really hope he rises to the occasion. I saw a picture of him. He doesn't look very physically impressive. Um, I think Sean O'Malley is going to knock him out with a head kick. Uh, but I am I am taking the over. I'm taking over one and a half at plus 145. Um, if he if he's smart, if he knows anything, you know he better be fucking wrestling and uh, at least last uh, seven and a half minutes for me. We saw Cheeto Varek discovered O'Malley's weaknesses right in front of our eyes on Cormier and Miocic. It's really interesting that they threw this guy into his UFC debut against Sean O'Malley, who's surrounded by hype, and it completely does meet the narrative that you know the UFC is kind of spoon feeding O'Malley, like I said previously, because. They do want another superstar, and O'Malley has the look. Like you said, he's distinguished, and he doesn't look like everybody else when he's in the crowd. So it'll be interesting to see. To be quite honest, I, I like O'Malley inside the first round. I saw it earlier today at plus 130. Uh, I, I just – I don't know anything about this guy. And to me, it seems like like just an absolute – I mean, it's an, it's, an atro- it's, it's an atrocious event by the UFC because, like you said, Cody Stamen, yourself – there are so many other guys that that petitioned for this fight, and they know that they're going to break records with this pay-per-view, so they didn't need to throw anyone in there that could potentially jeopardize Sean O'Malley's rise to stardom, but it would have been nice to see somebody a little bit more challenging or notable go into this fight, but if Moutinho can go in there and surprise everybody, then who knows? Maybe this guy could become a star. It doesn't look like it, but... To be determined. How much are you going to put on him? Because I'll t- I'll take your bet out of, out of pocket. Like, oh, okay. Do we have a, getting, we have some live action getting, right here. I think this guy's getting smashed, and I almost feel bad for him. But at the end of the day, I don't. I'm jealous of him, and I and it fucking sucks because you know again, guys like like oh, man, it just sucks. Cody Stamen deserves this, man. He's no, I know, agree. He's been, his, he's been putting in his time. But here's the thing. Cody's a bad matchup for O'Malley, man. His wrestling is going to be too good. The UFC can't afford, you know, one of their up-and-coming stars to lose. They can't afford him to lose. They can't afford, you know, uh, uh, Cosma. They can't afford him to lose. Uh, they need Conor to win. Like, if Conor loses, you know, there goes that hype train. You know, then beating Conor McGregor isn't a big deal anymore like it used to be. You know, and uh, there, there, there's a couple other guys rising up too. But, you know, I, I think the UFC is looking for their next Conor McGregor and, 
you know, they're, they're giving Sean O'Malley looking for a highlight real knockout to, to keep him in that direction. What's interesting looking at this division right now, I know that we have Sandhagen and we have TJ Dillashaw's return fight. So I'm excited to see what happens with that one too. That one's coming up here at the end of the month. So it's going to be badass with that division. I know that you're excited to continue to be a part of it. One other fight that I want to mention to you that just kind of jumps off the page to me, and I'm interested that it's a preliminary fight. Jessica I and Jennifer Maya. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the two of them, but I'm really excited for this fight. And for me, it's the most exciting preliminary fight on this card. Uh, Jessica I at plus 145 as an underdog, and then Jennifer Maya, from what I'm seeing, is about minus 190. Do you, uh, do you have a prediction for that fight? So Jessica is actually a really good friend of mine. Um, yeah, she's at plus 160 right now. You're getting better and, lines uh, than me, man. Yeah, William Hill, baby. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Jessica I is, a, is a really good friend of mine. Uh, we trained together a bunch. Uh, we, we went over our, you know, my team, we went over to her house, her personal house, and trained in her garage uh, with her brother, Casey, and then one of her grappling coaches, Darren, a great group of people. Um, I, I, I couldn't be happier with being associated with anybody else. And, uh, you know, I, you know what, she's hungry right now, man. I'm telling you, I've seen her at the PI. Uh, she looks great. She looks, I mean, she looks, she's healthy, no injuries. Uh, physically she looks great. I, I think that she can, and, and not to mention, she has that wrestling grappling grind. You know, I, I think that, uh, I'm, I'm going to put a little cash on her. You know, I, I believe in Jessica, and no pun intended when I say I believe, but uh, <laughs> I do believe, and uh, I, I think she's going to be. I think she's going to pull an upset, and she needs to pull an upset. Not to mention, and she she needs to win. I agree with you completely. I love the plus money on her as well. I just feel like she she's got something special coming her way here soon. Final question: What's next for the Guitar Hero? Hey, man, uh, right now I'm about to eat a plate of nachos <laughs> and uh, enjoy some time with some family. Um, you know, I know UFC did their cuts last week. Uh, you know, I'm very fortunate for my, not to see my name on the list. Um, I get back into Vegas on Friday, and I'm just going back to Monday. It's just like a regular day in the office. I'm going to go to the PI in the morning. I'm going to get my strength training with Matt Crowley, and then I got pro practice in the afternoon, 3 o'clock, and I'm just going to get back to the grind and continue to get better. You know, I got Jake Shields right now in my corner. He coached me for the last fight. I think there's a lot of other little little details I want to work on with him. And, you know, I'm really hoping the UFC gives me another full camp. And, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to uh, put it all back on the line, man. It's, uh, you know, I, I would love to have a rematch with Charles Rosa. You know, I, I fixed a couple things there. Uh, approach. Here's the thing, man. I had this great game plan in my head. But once I get in the cage, it's like I just want to rip everyone's head off. And I kind of abandon the game plan and get a little reckless. And, you know, it is what it is. It's just kind of like, and not to mention, I just want it to be a more entertaining fight. You know, I mean, I, I genuinely feel I could take Charles down and hold him down for 15 minutes and not get submitted. But with that being said, that's so fucking boring. And, you know, I, I it's, as much as I'd hate to say, you know, I mean, I can sit here and say, oh, well, I'd rather I'd rather lose a, a, a throwdown exciting fight than win a boring fight. Unfortunately, I'm at the point in my career to where I need to get a win. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to get with Jake and uh, we're going to continue getting better. And uh, and that's it, man. We're going to wait to see what comes down the pipe. Um, you know, if something happens with the UFC, you know, I'll be faced with the decision whether, you know, go to another organization and, and try and win it back. But whatever happens, man, happens. Um, I don't have any regret in my career. I'm really hoping the UFC, again, gives me another full camp so I, I can try and demonstrate, uh, you know, things I'm good at. But if they don't, I'll go back down to a small organization, maybe maybe another big one, and, and try to earn my way back. 
Well, Justin, that's going to wrap it up for me. Uh, I just want to kind of close you here with a, a little bit of, uh, you know, some, some kind words. You inspired many people out there, um, myself included. Always believe in your talents. Always continue to pursue your dreams. And also, man, just keep duking it out because you do bring, you know, a sense of excitement to the octagon every time you're in there. So keep up the good work, my friend. I appreciate the time and uh, best of luck to you in the future. Absolutely, man. Appreciate your time as well. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Division Two Sports. For all Division Two Sports news, follow us on social media at Division underscore Two Sports.